Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Why don't you welcome Carl today with us? He has um, four kids. Four kids. I totally relate to that because he now he has one of my kids. Uh, you have a couple of adopted kids with there too, I see. Um, but anyhow, we're so glad he's actually helping me out a little bit here this morning. And thank you so much for being here. Love you, buddy. All right. God bless you. Give us Jesus. Hey, guys. It is a pleasure to be here. Um, as Pastor Brian said, uh, Dave um, is just an amazing part of our lives. My wife and I are just privileged to be friends with him and to do ministry with him. Uh, for those of you that watched him grow up, he partners with us at Chi Alpha, and he just loves the students. He pours into them, disciples them, uh, shares how to follow Jesus well. And so he's been such a blessing in our lives. And uh, yeah, so it is just wonderful always being here, being able to see his parents and see where he gets his jokes from as well. <laughs> so anyway, I want to talk to you this morning about a possibly very familiar passage. But how many people know that we live in a, uh, a very busy world? Um, it's only gotten busier as time has gone on. People are always rushing around. Uh, life can just get you. And if you look at culture, you know, especially for me working with college students, culture has shifted so quickly. You know, before people would rush around, um, and with COVID, you would think things would have slowed down. But especially working with college students, there's still this rush about them, this busyness. And you think about different aspects of life. Think about food. You go to certain cultures and food, you know, is something to be enjoyed. You know, it should be this big meal that you share with people that you love. And in our day and age, I can't tell you how many times I have rushed eating food. You know, you used to, you know, it was a big deal when they came out with microwave dinners years ago, uh, but it made everything so much easier. Now, not only do you have fast food, but like in COVID has made it even more intense, but you have Grubhub and you have Uber Eats where you can be so busy in your life that you're too busy to go buy fast food. You have to get it brought to you. And so you think about that. I mean, we live in this rushed society where everything is so busy and our relationships have been strained because of it. Uh, so many people, man, I pound into our college students' heads over and over again about how important it is to make time for friends because they're just, their lives are on this constant, constant, just gotta go, gotta go. But our lives are meant to slow down at times. And our relationship with the Lord needs to slow down. And so often the fast pace that we can have in life can make us so we don't focus on him. And then the other aspect of it, too, is that often relates to ministry in church. The way that we see this world of reaching out to people and being together. So often this focus of busyness and task-centeredness, which I know is not necessarily a word, uh, it gets the best of us. 
And so often in our lives, we're rushing around, and then that affects us one-on-one with God. But then so often in our lives, we're rushing around, and that affects us as a community and a group of people seeking after God. And so with everything that we juggle in our lives, man, I pound in our college students' heads over and over again the need to be with the Lord. And it's really fun. I'm glad there's only one college student that I know here. But it's really fun when a 20-year-old tells you that they don't really have time to spend with the Lord because of their school schedule when they're talking to a minister with a wife and four children. (laughs) It's just the irony is is great. Uh, But what I tell them is the idea that what consumes your time and your attention and your energy is prioritized by you. So often we think that, you know what I mean, there's all these external forces that are telling us how to live our lives and what to do, but the reality is, is each one of us prioritizes how we spend our time and what has our heart. And so we need to be people that have non-negotiables in our life where we say, no matter what, I'm going to be with the Lord. And I love the heart of fasting. Man, I, I don't like fasting either. Everything you said, I relate to it. You know, I can wake up in the morning and go on, but the days that I'm fasting, I feel like I'm starving the moment I roll out of bed. But anyway, but that idea of prioritizing being with the Lord. And so I want to share with you one of my favorite passages in Scripture, and it's about Mary and Martha. And poor Martha, man, when you share this story, she often gets just just so sad for Martha. Uh, But it paints such a beautiful picture of how we need to prioritize our lives and the focus of our heart. So let's turn to Luke 10, 38, and it says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And so, real quick, looking at this scripture, Jesus came to this village, this place called Bethany, and he was welcomed by Martha into their home. Now, presumably it was Jesus and the 12 disciples, sometimes he had some more people with him, but let's just keep it at what we do know was probable, was that there was at least 13 grown men there. And so in a way, this is not a small group of people to feed. 12 grown men who were traveling nomads, you know what I mean? Some big appetites, and they didn't have Uber Eats, they didn't have fast food, so I can imagine In this day and age, before a fridge, before a freezer, man, Martha had her work cut out for her. Everything they probably ate was freshly made. You know what I mean? So as we read on and she's busy about doing stuff, you know, if I had 13 grown men come over my house, we could do something really fast, you know, pull out some pasta and some sauce and get some from the freezer, but she didn't have that. Martha might have had to run out to the market to feed these guys and get stuff and then homemade bread and homemade everything. And so the amount of work that she must have had to do was a lot. And so as we keep on reading, verse 39, it says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all of the preparation that had to be made. And so here you have Jesus entering this home. And you have two sisters. And they have very different responses to the presence of Jesus. Martha says to herself, Jesus is here. And I have to get everything ready for him to take care of him. Now, whether it was out of obligation or she just had the gift of hospitality, who knows? But whatever it was, Martha purposed in her heart that she was going to love Jesus. I believe it was out of a heart of love and honor, but she was going to do it through serving him. And Martha's response wasn't innately wrong. But the way the rest of this story goes down, something shifted in her heart that was not good. And so on the opposite side of Martha, who said, I'm going to love and honor Jesus by feeding him, by feeding the disciples, and just making sure everything's taken care of, we have Mary. And Mary says, Jesus is here, and I'm going to spend every moment that I can listening to the words that he has to say. Now, this is a big deal. You know, in our day and age, A lot of times we have head knowledge of what happened in Scripture, but man, you have to like process how big of a deal this was. For Martha, right, or Mary, she is breaking so many cultural norms right now. For Mary to do this, the first cultural norm she's breaking is she should have been in the kitchen. You know, if I told my wife that, you know, her job is to be in the kitchen, I'd get slapped in the face. She, (laughs) She cooks great. I cook, I do, you know, we, we share so much. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be in the kitchen, but here it was like she had to do it. This was where she was supposed to be. Culturally speaking, Mary's job should have been in to be there. But her desire to be with Jesus was so strong. She's like, forget this. I'm breaking cultural norms. I'm breaking what is expected of me because I care about Jesus more. Then the second thing is that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, and this was the posture of a disciple. In this day and age, a woman would not come and sit at the feet of a teacher in that way. Again, her job was to be in the kitchen, and so she breaks this cultural norm, and she sits at Jesus' feet. And this is what is even more amazing about this, is she didn't know how Jesus would respond. She could assume it would go well based on the character of how she had observed him. But this idea of just sitting down at his feet, we don't know if this was the first time this had ever happened in her life, but presumably Jesus could have rebuked her. But so she wanted Jesus so much that she didn't care. Mary's desire to hear and learn from Jesus was so strong That she did not, or that not only did she reprioritize her schedule, so to speak, but she disregarded the social expectation of others and even her family. Now, you can't just model your life completely off of this and flippantly, you know, throw off obligations. You know what I mean? You still need to go to work. You still need to do stuff. But this idea and this heart and this hunger for Jesus Man, we live in a world, and I'll be the first to admit it, that so often it's easy. It's easy to neglect what you have because it's just 
there all the time. We have the word of God in front of us every day, and it's so easy to ignore it. We have the ability to be in the presence of God through prayer and through worship. And so often, man, the busyness of life can take captive of our heart because it's so familiar to have the Bible there. It's so familiar to have the ability to go to pray. But we, man, we need to have this reverence and this hunger like Mary, where Jesus is here and I'm going to take every second that I can to be with him. And then continuing on, we get to verse 40. I love verse 40. Martha says this, but Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I love these because this couldn't be more real. You know what I mean? Like human nature. It's so good. I've read things from like apologists, apologeticists. Man, I'm really struggling with some words today. Talking about how the Bible has to be real because of how well it's written. That no one in that day was good at fiction. Like this is human reaction at its best. I want you to think about this. Martha was upset at Mary because she was ditching her obligations, and it was 100% culturally acceptable for Martha to be so mad. Like, to that culture, Martha being upset with Mary was probably the right thing to do. And so here we have Martha. She's mad. She's upset that Mary has left her cultural obligation But how she handles it is so not good. Think about this. Martha walks in to Jesus, who presumably was teaching his disciples, talking, Mary sitting at his feet, and she interrupts him. Like, think about walking into a room where the Son of God is teaching and interrupt him. But then this is what is beyond that. And it's going to sound weird to say this is more important. But it's not more important big picture. But in the story, it almost is. Martha walks in and interrupts her honored guest. The person that she was doing all of the preparation for. The person that she had invited into her home to show him hospitality. To show him just love and appreciation and take care of his needs. This honored guest who was also the son of God. She walks in. And she interrupts him. Martha was working so hard. It says that she was distracted by her preparation. That she forgot to honor her honored guest. Martha was so focused on what she was doing to serve Jesus. That she forgot who and why she was serving. She got so lost that the very person she was trying to show love and honor to, she disrespected. All of her work, all of her cooking to serve Jesus, she lost sight because she started to care more about the cooking than the person she was cooking for. And so Martha comes in and she interrupts him, and that is such a big faux pas right from the beginning. But then this next These next words are even more powerful in a bad way. 
She then says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And so not only does Martha walk in here and interrupt Jesus, the son of God and her honored guest, but then she questions, she questions his decision to let Mary sit there. And then she basically, I don't know what tone of voice she did this in, but I could imagine she barked an order to the king of kings. Like the magnitude of this. She told Jesus what to do. And it, it's so real. And I don't know how many times I've done this in my own heart. But think about it. You invite Jesus over. And at this point, Jesus has healed the sick. He has raised the dead. He has fed 5,000 with a few fishes and loaves of bread. So we're not just talking about Jesus when he first came on the scene and people didn't know who he was. Like Martha knew who she was talking to. She interrupts him. She questions. She questions his decision to let Mary sit there. And then she tells him what to do. And this idea I got to say, in my own heart, questioning God's decision-making power and his judgment. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been there. As a minister, I've been there. During COVID, man, there have been so many seasons in this first semester, September and October, that I was just walking around. I'm like, God, what is going on? God, why is... Why is this semester going the way it's going? Man, it's hard to get college students to talk to you when there's no COVID, but then you throw in COVID. Man, it's crazy. We would be on campus last year. In the middle of, you know, the afternoon, you would pass thousands of students. Thousands of students. Now, if I spend an entire day at Rowan, if I see 50 to 100, that's amazing. There's this freshman at our in Chi Alpha. He is amazing. He's like this fireball of wanting to talk to people. You know what I mean? He's just always, you know those people? They love people. And so this kid, Jonathan, is like that. And I've talked with him about being on campus. It's his freshman year. He's not even trying to share the gospel. He's just trying to make friends. And he's like, there's nobody here. You know what I mean? So if you have this freshman who just wants to find friends and he can barely find people. What luck does a 40-year-old trying to spread the gospel have to meeting people? You know what I mean? Like the odds are stacked against me. And then so I won't go into all the details. I don't want this to be a pity party, but there's been a lot of obstacles for Chi Alpha this year because of COVID. And those first six to eight weeks, man, I would go and I'd walk and pray with God and I would just have all of these, like, burdens on my heart, which is good. You should bring your burdens to the Lord. But after a while, I just had this, this moment where I, I realized, and the Lord spoke to me clearly, that I was trying to do everything my way and in my strength and in my, like, God, why isn't this easier? God, where are the people? All this stuff. And I got to this moment where I surrendered to God and I said, you know what? I put up my hands. This is your ministry. This is 
your season. You are not surprised by COVID. You know what is going on. You care more about what is happening here than I ever could. And in the last few months, God has taught me more about ministry and about the what he wants to do in Chi Alpha than I've ever experienced in the 10 years that I've been working with Chi Alpha and the last five as a missionary. God has just changed my heart. But what happened was the posture of my heart shifted. Before, it was about doing and doing and do- God, I'm doing your work. God, let me reach these college students. God, let me disciple these students. Let us have this powerful ministry. God, what is going on? And there I was, like Martha, barking orders at Jesus, questioning his judgment and his discernment and his mission, where the reality is what I needed to do was come humbly before him and say, Jesus, show me your heart. What do I need to learn in this moment? What do you want to teach through me to these college students when life is challenging and when things aren't the way that we have expected them? And I'm still not fully there, but man, God is just blowing my mind with so many new understandings of who he is and his character and what he wants from me in my life. Man, when I surrendered the fact that Ministry wasn't happening the way that I wanted it. And I stopped being distracted by so many things like Martha. I was trying to serve Jesus just like Martha was trying to serve Jesus. I was trying to honor him just like Martha was trying to honor him. But my heart got so distracted by the things that I was trying to do for God that I forgot about the most important thing which was just to be with him so I could hear his heart and so I could know what he wanted to not just do in Chi Alpha, but how he wanted to shape me and change me in this season. And Jesus turns to Martha, and this is what I felt in my heart. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. See, Jesus knew that she was worried and upset. He didn't rebuke her. Man, this moment, man, he could have put her in her place. But he understood that she was worried and she was distracted by many things. And again, they were good things. And I don't know if you, like me, have ever been in a moment where you had too many balls in the air. Too many, even, again, good things that you're trying to do serve at the church or help family members or help neighbors or people. Like you're working on the good things of life with your hand on the plow. And like me and Martha, distracted. Martha was stressed about everything that she had to do. But Jesus then says this in verse 42, but few things are needed. Or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. This. I've read this scripture so many times. I've taught on this scripture many times. But this season of COVID. Man, that is. 
completely changed my understanding of this verse. Jesus says few things are needed, and indeed only one, and Mary has chosen what is better. And I strongly believe this. Jesus wants us all to serve. Jesus calls the church to go into all the world and make disciples. Jesus wants all of us, in my opinion, to have our hand on the plow, so to speak. But the most important thing, the first thing, the thing that is more important than anything else is to be with him and to know him. And I've count, I have spent countless seasons of my life serving God with all of my heart, but not loving him with all of my heart. And Jesus would rather have a sit at his feet and be with him than serve him and not be with him. Both is ideal. <laughs> but I've personally chosen the Martha approach more times than I would like to admit. And every time it ends in that same frustration, in that same place of being empty, in that same moment of with God, what is going on? And God has taught me. I'm sure I'll fail again at this. <laughs> I'm really slow, but I think I'm, I think I'm almost there. <laughs> I think this season has broken me a lot in a good way. That God wants us to prioritize him first. So a couple of quick things to take away from this. A bunch of quick things. A bunch of, yeah, quick, not quick, I don't know. <laughs> but one thing is that Jesus in this moment, again, I alluded to this before, but he validates Mary's decision to sit at his feet. This was huge. You know, it, it irks me every time that the church is blamed for oppressing women because in the season of the church, they have. We don't need to uh, argue that. But Jesus never did. Jesus elevated women time and time again in Scripture. Jesus broke the cultural norms time and time again. And for him to say, sit at my feet, this was him validating her choice and her ability to sit at his feet as a disciple. And I love that. The next thing is that he says, and I, I said this a bunch, but it's so important, that Martha's service wasn't bad, but her priority was the problem. Martha needed to learn, like Mary, to sit at Jesus' feet. Spurgeon puts it like this. The way to get the revival, the way to get to revival is to, is to begin at the master's feet. You must go there with Mary, and afterwards you must work with Martha. And it's this idea of we need to start at his feet. Every season, every day, we need to be with him, loving him, wanting to learn what his heart is, wanting to learn how he wants to change us and mold us, and then we can go out in his power to be like Martha and work to honor our king. And I, I've said this already, but I'll confess it again that I have flip-flopped those more times than I can count. I am a busy doer by nature. 
And the idea of slowing down to be with Jesus, man, sometimes that just goes against my nature. But time and time again, I'm learning this lesson and getting better. That Jesus cares so much more about being with me than what I can do. And then the bonus is you can do a whole lot more when you do it with him and not in your own strength. But too often, we let our calendars control us, our to-do lists control us, our responsibilities to control us. And we think like Martha. I often think like Martha, that Jesus will be unhappy, or the church will be unhappy, or the ministry will be unhappy if I don't do this right now. And Jesus is teaching me time and time again that The most important thing is to be with him. And then everything else is an overflow out of that. Psalm 27 verse 4 says this. One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And this is becoming more and more the desire of my heart. I've read this scripture for years and years. And I've had a lot of head knowledge. But God, again in this season, is revealing to me more and more how to make this heart knowledge. It's like the older I walk with Jesus, the more I realize how stupid I was when I was younger. I think that's about everything. Not just Jesus, but the older I get, the more I realize how stupid I was when I was young. (laughs) Slow to learn things. But this needs to be the heartbeat of every believer. To want to gaze at the beauty of God. To want to be with Him. And whether it's your distractions of your own literal cooking and cleaning and responsibilities, or if it's distractions of wanting to serve God well, It always has to come back to that heart of Jesus. I want to be with you first. And let me serve you out of an overflow of love, not out of an overflow of obligation. And man, I've lived a lot of my life as the good Christian kid, trying to do right and serve right out of obligation. But God wants us to serve him, to serve others out of a deep and passionate love for him. And it has to start with that time at his feet, that time in his presence in the word and in scripture. And again, talking to college students, I was having a conversation with one of our leaders this week, and it was beautiful words that I heard her say. She's like, I've learned in this season that I need to read scripture not as a thing to check off, but as a thing to be with God. It's like, those are the moments. It's like, man, I wish I knew that when I was 21. (laughs) I was still in that phase of I got to do it because it's the right thing to do. But we have to do it because it's our lifeblood. It's what God designed us to feed off of. And so my prayer for myself, my family, and for each one of you is that we would learn to take control of our lives And to prioritize being with Jesus, not because we have to as an obligation, but because like Mary, she realized nothing else was more important.
And we need to realize that there's nothing else that's more important. Everybody can be busy. But trust me, we have two choices. To let your schedule and your responsibilities rule what you prioritize. Or to let your priorities rule your schedule and responsibilities. And so I want to pray for you guys. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, the older I get, the more I realized God is going to be teaching me how much I don't know until I'm 99. And so whether you're in here and you're a young guy or whether you're in here and, and you have some gray hairs on your head, Jesus is always, always trying to teach us more. And I think there's always a greater level of depth that we can go in our walk with him, in our desire for him. And so let's pray. God, I just ask, Lord, that you would teach us and mold us, Lord. God, I thank you for the revelation that you have given to me in this season. God, I thank you that it's probably the 50th time that you've given me that revelation and that you have been patient to teach it to me more every time. But Lord, I pray for each person here, God, that as they spend time with you, that you would draw them in closer to your heart. God, even as they fast each week, Lord, that you would help it be not out of obligation or duty or, or trying to think that I have to do it because Pastor Brian asked me to, but that out of a love for you, out of a hunger for you, God, this church would be able to fast. And in it, Lord, that you would just flood their hearts and fill them with more of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would teach us, Lord, like Mary, to sit at your feet. And then out of that place of being full and filled by you, then we can become like Martha and go about the task of loving and serving others, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your great love for us. Jesus, thank you for the cross, Lord. That if it wasn't for the cross, we wouldn't have this access to you like we have now. And so I thank you, Lord, that because of the cross, Lord, we get to walk into the Holy of Holies. Not standing in our righteousness, but standing in the righteousness of Jesus. God, we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Carl. One of the things I wanted to say to those watching by internet, if you haven't made Jesus your Savior, if you're here today and Jesus is not your Savior. You know, Mary and Martha were two incredible women. One of the things we learn about Mary is sitting at the feet. And have you done that? Have you sat at the feet of Jesus to see what God would want to say for you? One of the greatest things you could do is say, Jesus, I've sinned. I've made mistakes. I've done my own thing. And all you have to do is say, God, come into my life. Come into my heart. For, ask God to just do a work in you. Because that's what God wants, is conversation. And if you say, Jesus, come into my heart, I'm going to tell you what he's going to do. He's going to change your life. He's going to do something on the inside. 
and you're going to get to see something what God's on the outside. Surrender to the God who loves you so much and say, here I am, God. Forgive me. I believe you died on the cross, rose on the third day. Because you did that, he says, now, son, daughter, you're gonna, I'm going to walk with you. Find a church, grow in God, because in God, the best is yet to come. Till next week, God bless you. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.